This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. Dekawa Playhouse Episode 28 It's time for Dekawat Playhouse. Let us return to the 1980s and a small liberal arts college in western Pennsylvania. Here, without the distractions of alcohol or intervisitation, students had nothing else to do but amuse themselves with strange radio shows and college bands. Announcer Bot, what have you retrieved from the vaults of history tonight? Classic radio theater. Splash of water. Grove City's Hotspot at 89.5. WSAJ-FM, Grove City, Pennsylvania. Good evening and welcome to WSAJ's Classic Radio Theater. Tonight's production is Flash of Water, written by Charles Martin. It is said that each of us must suffer the consequences for our actions. But is that always true? If we don't suffer the consequences, then who does? Want to know who I am? I'm McDevitt. I'm a newspaper man, or rather I was. I'm writing stories now, but I'm trying to write stories that are just a little bit different from the kind you read every day. And I think I've got one just for you. It's a story about how a splash of water on a man's trousers caused another man to be shot 3,000 miles away. Yes, it's a true story, because it happened while I was a leg man for a newspaper, and I ran it down. You've heard about the law of science that says, to every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. In other words, what you're doing right this minute may affect the life of somebody in China or someplace. Well, this story begins in New York. Walking to work on this particular morning was Mr. Cyrus Bridges, president of the Bridges Steam Pipe Corporation. Mr. Bridges walked to work every morning as a form of exercise. Besides, the office was only two blocks away from his home. It had rained the night before, and nasty little puddles had formed in the gutters. Mr. Bridges was wearing a new pair of trousers, as he greeted shopkeepers along the way. Good morning, Mr. Burgess. Oh, good morning, Mr. Stone. How's the flower business these days? Fine. No complaint. Good day yesterday, even with the rain. Glad to hear it. Good morning, Mr. Bridges. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Bridges. Good morning, Mr. Gannon. How's the doll business? Picking up, thank you. Look out, Mr. Bridges, the car. Oh, say, why don't you watch out where you're going? Hey, you rock. You've splashed my trousers. You see that? Shut up, pedestrian. I'll have you arrested for this. Go jump in a lake. Gee, Mr. Bridges, mud all over your pants. The vile no good. Drivers like that should have their cars taken away from them. Maybe he couldn't help it. He could, too, help it. He did it on purpose. You say that. Excuse me, would you like to come inside my store and clean your pants? No! I'll wear them to work just the way they are. And I'd like to see anybody stop me. 
Put the money, Mr. Bridges. Shut up! Do you kind of see the beginning of this snowball? It's going to run downhill in a minute. And when a snowball runs downhill, it gathers momentum and lots of snow. Fury needs an outlet, you know. And who or what was it to be? Naturally, it would have to be the very next person Mr. Bridges was to see, who turned out to be a secretary. Good morning, Mr. Bridges. Never mind those cheery good mornings, Miss Rogers. You've been grinding out those sweet good mornings for five years now, and I'm sick of it. I'm through with hypocrisy once and for all. Hypocrisy? Mr. Bridges, is there anything hypocritical about good morning? Listen now, I'm not on the witness stand. I don't have to explain my theories to you. Just tend to your business, please. Let's get down to work. Yes, sir. Your papers are filed away and in order. Mr. Banks' phone, he said he'd be unable to make luncheon today. Just like him. Probably thought he'd be stuck with the check for a change. You are due at the sales conference at 11. The division meeting at 2. Mr. Hayes called. Mr. Hess called. Mr. Pryor called. Mr. So-and-so called. Mr. So-and-so called. You're due here. You're due there. Listen, Miss Rogers, you'd better attend to business hereafter. I've had just about enough of this stupid efficiency. Stupid efficiency? Stupid efficiency. You heard me. Burdening me every morning with a lot of unimportant phone calls and minor details. We've got work to do around here. But... I thought this was work. Not my kind of work. And I don't blame you for acting surprised. I've been letting you get away with it for too long. Well, beginning now, it stops. There's going to be a big shake-up around here. This company's got to attend to business from now on. And that goes for everybody all the way down the line. From now on, I want the company to produce less hot air and more steam. gives it to his fellow man and he gives it to somebody else and before you know it the whole world's caught it like a disease but i'd better get back to my story miss rogers was no ordinary secretary she was an executive secretary and as an executive secretary she had a secretary of her own in addition miss rogers had an active imagination she became afflicted with a deep feeling of insecurity Naturally, she needed an outlet. And whom do you suppose she chose? Why, of course, her secretary. Did you ring for me, Miss Rogers? I certainly did, Miss Liverwright. I've been ringing you for the last half hour. Half hour? It's only been ten minutes. Well, even ten minutes. Who are you to keep me waiting ten minutes when I need you for some very important work? I'm sorry. I was doing that checking you asked me to do, and I wasn't anywhere near the buzzer. Well, it's your business to be near the buzzer. But if I'm doing work for you... Never mind trying to trap me, Miss Liverwright. You spend your entire working day trying to trap me. If you paid less attention to trapping me and more to doing your work, you'd get much further around here. And as for that raise you asked about, no. Thank you, Miss Rogers. And don't be sarcastic, or I'll find someone who'll be more civil. Believe me, there's going to be a big shake-up around here, all the way down the line. 
and my heavens, the heads are going to roll. You see that? You see what that little splash of water has caused so far? Three people are feeling perfectly miserable. Poor Miss Liverite. She walked home with a complex, and whom do you suppose she was going to give it to? You guessed it. The poor little butcher around the corner. Mr. Bliss. Mr. Otto Bliss. Ah, good evening, Miss Liverite. Just coming home from work? Let's have a pound of liver, please. Uh, sure. Liver for Miss Liverite. <laughs> Keep those cheap wisecracks to yourself. I don't have to submit to any of your wits when I come in here to buy meat. Oh, excuse me, Miss Liverite. I thought you liked the joke. Just stick to your lamb chops and you'll be a lot better off, as far as I'm concerned. Surely. I beg your pardon, Miss Liverite. Just a pound? Just a pound. I hope you're not deaf. Not an ounce more. All right, all right. I'm not deaf, Miss Liverite. Just wanted to make sure. There we are. What's that supposed to be? Cobb's liver. Fresh. Well, it looks like something you found. And incidentally, I haven't liked your meat for the past month. But I decided to see if you'd treat me like a real customer. But Miss Liverite... Never mind, never mind. Oh, what's the use? I'm very much dissatisfied with the service here. I don't think you treat me decently, and I'm dissatisfied with the short wait. Short wait? Yes, short wait. I'm going to try someone else. Goodbye. I wish I had thrown the liver in her face. Now, look what's happened. Mr. Otto Bliss, the hard-working butcher, has caught it. And who will the object of his emotional confusion be? His pretty wife, Lorna. Lorna! Lorna! Lorna, where are the, in the devil are you? Here I am. What are you shouting for? Where were you? What do you mean, where was I? I was in here. What's the matter with you? You might at least answer when I call you. I did answer you. I didn't hear you. Say, what do you think I am? Your servant? I don't blame you for thinking so. The way I'm buried in here in three rooms over a store. Harry said I should go out and live, not throw away my life. Harry? Harry who? Harry Griebel. You know very well who. Why do you bring his men into it? Because Harry thinks I should be treated like a human being. Harry loves me. Harry loves you? Yes, Harry loves me. Why do you think he came all the way from California? To see the world's fair? He said so. Ha! He said so. But they had a fair in San Francisco. Yes, but they have no aquacade there. Don't you remember the night he asked your permission to take me to the fair and show me the sights? Yes. Well, we never went to the fair. You didn't? No. Where did you go? Ask him, why don't you? I will. I will ask him. I close the store, I will. You can't. The store's in my name. All the money in my name. You can't touch I don't that. want that. Ha! Wonderful to see you suffer for a change, isn't it? I'm glad I told you. Lorna, you shouldn't do this to me. You know I believe in you. You know how each minute I'm away from the store is like an hour. You know how I saved all the money so that one day, if there was a child, we would make a fine home. And since we're married 12 already, we've been without children. 
I wouldn't have a child by you. You never liked me? I despise you. I should have married Harry. I would have lived, you can bet you. I'm going to San Francisco. I'm going to see Harry Grimo. Jealousy has overturned more than one empire. Jealousy of one kind or another. And this was an unreasoning, blind, passionate jealousy, which was like a fire fanned by a woman's tongue. Mr. Bliss went to the station in an extreme state of wretchedness and hatred and bought himself a ticket to San Francisco with one purpose. Once in Chicago, he stopped at a phone booth and called New York. It was his one moment of rationality. Hello? I want to talk to my wife, please. Who? My wife. This is Mr. Bliss. Who is this? This is the maid. Mrs. Bliss isn't here. Where did she go? I don't know. She left a note that said I should clean up, and she left three dollars for me. She said I should lock up. Oh, I see. Goodbye. Now, for the rest of the journey, visions began dancing in Mr. Bliss's distorted mind. Think I'll sit home and wait for you. thoughts preyed on his raw and tortured mind, they became more and more grotesque. Hello. Hello. Going somewhere? No. I was just sitting in the lobby of the hotel. What's your name? Lorna. What's yours? Harry. Funny. I heard Harry in California. John is Would you like to go there tonight? Of course I would. Harry, 
He must tell me the truth now. You mustn't lie now. She's telling you the truth. She wanted to make you jealous because you screamed at her. You hurt her, you crazy fool. You want the happy ending of this story? Harry Grebel did not die. No, he recovered. And of course, Otto was held for attempted murder. But Harry didn't press the charge. And Otto and Lorder came back and ran their butcher shop again. But you see all the trouble that splash of water caused? I took the time to trace all this backwards. And that's how I found it out. And it's a curious thing. But everything you do sets a whole bunch of forces in motion. And if instead of hating or getting all upset over petty annoyances, you were to turn the other cheek, so to speak, and give your neighbor a smile or a cheery greeting, that would snowball in the same way all the way down the line. And how much better off we'd all be. So, folks, the moral of this story, if you would like one, is please drive more carefully, not only in your automobiles, but on every road you take. This has been the WSAJ Classic Radio Theater production of Flash of Water, written by Charles Martin. Starring Craig Munch as the conductor, Dave Miller as Bridges, Kathy Spithian as Miss Rogers, Lisa Harris as Miss Liverwright, Bill Coach as Harry, Michelle Petrucci as the maid, Mark Harrison as Otto Bliss, and Jack Winters as Miss Davitt. This production was directed by Craig Munch, technical direction by Mike Johnston, and technical assistance by Mark Harrison. With many thanks, the inutable. Martin Christopher. And remember, your actions today may affect Martin Christopher tomorrow. For more information, please visit sfpodcastnetwork.com on the interweb. Thank you for listening, and farewell from all of us at Decawatt Playhouse.